Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the I Can Do podcast with Benjamin Lee. We're here to talk about tips and strategies to have an I Can Do mindset. Life is what you put into it. Get the most you can. Here's your host, Benjamin Lee. Hello and welcome to a new episode of I Can Do. I am Benjamin Lee. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I hope and pray all is well with you. Well, today I have another special guest on the show. Today I have Kim Stone. She is a uh, wellness and lifestyle coach, and she has just so much information that I truly believe this is going to be a podcast that will really help you where so many people today are struggling with burnout. And the examples, the analogies, the the advice that Kim shares in this podcast, I believe is truly going to benefit you. One of the things that I really enjoyed about this conversation is something that she said, and I want to share this with you before I go into her bio. She said this, that we shouldn't have to sacrifice our physical and mental uh, well-being to have a successful career. And I love that because it's so true. And yet for a lot of people, there's a lot of people who struggle with with burnout. And that's really what this episode is all about. Uh, In this conversation, we're going to talk about what exactly is burnout, uh, warning signs of burnout, how we can create boundaries to avoid burnout, finding more balance in our lives, listening to our bodies when it comes to stress, recognizing negative patterns and stopping them, and understanding that at times, yes, stress is actually good. So Kim Stone is a wellness and lifestyle coach who helps busy professionals find ways to have a successful career without sacrificing their physical and mental health. Kim worked in a corporate career for over 15 years and struggled to find balance in her life before she finally burned out. After rediscovering herself through her own wellness journey, She has been able to heal from burnout and bring in chronic stress so that she can enjoy a career and life she loves. That's what everybody wants, right? Kim is the president and founder of Live Well by Kim Stone, which provides companies and individuals with wellness and lifestyle solutions that are focused on improving physical, mental, and career well-being. You can find out more about Kim at her website, livewellbykimstone.com. That's livewellbykimstone.com. So grab a sheet of paper, grab a pencil or pen. Uh, We share books that we have read. Uh, Kim is going to share some very great uh, pieces of advice and tangible things that all of us can do to understand more about burnout, to avoid burnout, and to really live well. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Here we go. 
Kim, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I, uh, it is my pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. And uh, you and I recently just met, I guess it was uh, in January, late January, or early February. We both know Eva Latcham and Eva has been on the show. How did you and Eva uh, get to know one another or become friends? So Eva and I both went to school at the Institute of Integrative Nutrition and during that program, towards the end, you go through about, I think, six inner circle program, uh, inner circle meetings. And it's a group, a smaller group of people from the program. And you get to see firsthand what group coaching would be like and, and how that would work. And I think some of the reason why even I bonded was because that period of time was right during the shutdown of the pandemic. Mm. So that particular group, I think not only did we rely on that group for support to get us through the rest of the program, but it was really just a tough time for everybody of everything that was going on and so many emotions going on. So even I started talking even after that group session was over and stay connected. And it's, it's been an amazing friendship that we've developed in just such a short period of time. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's been, um, she's been a great blessing to me. Um, you know, I was able to uh, work with her for about a month with, uh, with her coaching. And so uh, I've been vegan now for about 52 days uh, and that's, that's been tremendous. So she's been a, a great support system for me and, yeah, just a great person. And I'm thankful that she uh, introduced the two of us because I know you have a lot to um, to share with the audience as well when it comes to, to wellness and nutrition and burnout that we're going to be talking about. Um, let me ask you a question with what you just mentioned. Was the pandemic in 2020, was that kind of the reason why you ended up getting into coaching? How did you get started or when did you know that you wanted to uh, to go down this path and this career of coaching? So I don't know if it was as much of a decision as it was more (laughs) divine intervention because I started my career in corporate. And as you know, I started as a pharmaceutical sales rep with Pfizer. And I know we discovered that we both worked at Pfizer at the same time, which is just Mm -hmm. So funny, such a small world. And I enjoyed my corporate career for a period of time. But um, I think what happened was I became a mom Mm -hmm. and my priorities shifted. And at the time, I was working a very stressful and demanding job. And I started to feel like I just wasn't enjoying life. And I had everything, but, or at least I appeared to have everything, but it really, there was just such a disconnect from what the reality of my life and kind of what was going on behind the scenes. Mm. So I think, um, I was experiencing burnout, but didn't really know it. My body was definitely sending me messages and I was ignoring them. And, um, and I, I, I really had, I, I worked with great people. I, I was making great money, 
And I work from home, which was actually very rare back then, but it just, something just wasn't right for me. And I just decided that um, after I had experienced my second miscarriage, that my body, it was the final, you know, straw for me that said like, now it's time to listen to your body. It's as if my body was really sending me that message to say, we're done. (laughs) Like, I know you haven't been listening, but it's time to listen now and we need to be done. Mm. So, um, so I ended my career um, with that particular company and did not really have a plan, but I had my kids at home. So I thought, you know, that would be the best thing for me to do was just to spend some time staying home with them. But then I soon discovered that I also didn't enjoy being a stay-at-home mom. And I, like, I'm just a better mom when I am a working mom. And it's not that I don't absolutely love my children and love spending time with them. And I, I definitely give kudos to any stay-at-home mom that does that because it takes a world of patience to be able to do that job. But I just felt like I showed up better as a wife and a mom when I was working. So I actually decided to just start looking for a part-time job. And I thought, well, maybe that would be a good opportunity for me to have a little bit of balance where I have some time to go to work, but then I also have that time to spend with my family. And so I went and applied for this wellness coaching job at this local Um, health and fitness club. And I thought, I don't think that I'm even qualified for this job, but it (laughs) sounded really interesting. So I was like, what the heck? I'm going to go for it. And the funny thing is, is I actually went in person to apply for this job. Nice. And, but like, I just wasn't thinking and I didn't bring my resume with me. I don't (laughs) know why. I was just so excited that I was like, I'm just going to fill out the application. And when they asked for my resume, I was like, like, (laughs) okay. So I was like, okay, well, I don't have my resume. And they were like, okay, well, you know, why don't you just come back? And I'm, and I literally got halfway through the parking lot and I, this is where the divine intervention intervention comes in. And okay. suddenly I was like, I have my resume on OneDrive and my <laughs> OneDrive is on my phone. <laughs> and I came in and I was like, I have my resume electronically. <laughs> I can fill out the application. And sure enough, and I actually filled out the application. And the interesting part of it was, is that I had been looking for a gym for my husband um, and I potentially um, for us to go together. And I had checked this gym out as a, a potential member. So I had already met the general manager. So in my mind, as I was filling out the application, I thought if I just wait here long enough and that if that general manager comes up to the desk, that's my opportunity. And again, divine intervention, (laughs) Janelle came to the front desk and I was like, Janelle, do you remember, do you remember me? Our kids go to school together. And she was like, of course I do. And her and I just connected instantly. And I think it was just my love of fitness and really wanting to help people Mm. that really made them decide that I was the right candidate for the job. 
Yeah, that's fantastic. So did yeah. you get the job on the spot or did they did they make you wait or what? I, I had one interview. I had yeah. an interview with um, the general manager, uh, the other wellness coach that worked on uh, the in the same location, as well as the um, COO. And uh, yeah, we like it was the three of us. And it was like I just knew from just talking to them. And, and I think a lot of people when the interview and you should be interviewing the company as much as you they're interviewing you. Mm-hmm. But when you feel that connection between those employees and you think I would love to work here, not only would I love the job, but I would love to work with these people. Then I think, you know, you found the right fit. Yeah, no, you said so many great things and I appreciate your, uh, your vulnerability. Uh, really sorry to hear about the, um, uh, the second miscarriage. I believe you said you've had two, um, and I wanted to see if, if you're willing, I wanted to ask you about, you said your body was sending you some messages. Um, I'm reading this book right now, Kim, it's called The, uh, the Anatomy of an Illness. And it's a, it's a fascinating book. I was actually listening to Rip Esselstein, his podcast, uh, which I believe is called Plant Strong. And he had Tony Robbins on the podcast. Tony Robbins has a new book out called Life Force. Uh, which is a health kind of book, kind of talking about all the new technologies and resources that are available now. I have not bought it yet, but I want to get it. But when Tony was speaking, he he mentioned this book, The Anatomy of an Illness. And I said, wait a second, I have that book. So I had bought it, I guess, a long time ago. Maybe I heard it from him. I'm not for sure, but I, I just didn't read it. But it was a powerful book. It's an interesting book because it really talks about the uh, the power of placebo, you know, and how our mind is you know, how our mind can play a role with our health and how fast we can recover and the connection with physicians and things like that. But he also just talked a lot about the body. And so when you mentioned your body was sending you messages, is there anything that you can share more? Like what were some of those messages? Was it, you know, just fatigue? Uh, was it a lack of clarity? Can, can you share anything else about that? Because I think that's something that a lot of people we can ignore it for a period of time, but you said it perfectly. Eventually it will get, it will force us to say no more. We can't do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, I think it wasn't any one big thing. And I think yeah. that's the hardest thing about stress and burnout and mm-hmm. the symptoms that sometimes present themselves because they're not obvious and they're not necessarily debilitating. You just feel like, oh, that's different, but you kind of just keep pushing on. So for me, it came in the form of headaches Mm. and I never got headaches. Like I'm not, you know, there's some people that do get a lot of migraines and that type of thing. That was not me. So when I would get constant headaches, I knew that like something seemed off, Mm. but again, it was like, okay, that's different, but I have a lot going on. You know, you always make a, make an excuse for it. Um, definitely a lot of brain fog. And the terrible part about brain fog is that we've kind of, I think we kind of joke about it as moms, like, oh, I got mom brain again. <laughs> yep. Yep. Because we have so much going on. So it it's hard sometimes to differentiate. Is this because I just have a lot going on in my life? Or is this truly that like my mind is just not in the right spot? Because there were times when I would sit down and I'd be like, 
I, I can't, I, I don't even know where to start. And it would be some somewhat of a simple task that I've done numerous times that it shouldn't have been that difficult. So um, it was stuff like that. And then I definitely had um, digestive issues, like just stomach pains from eating things that just didn't make sense. And I don't think I really connected the gut brain connection at the time, because that wasn't really what my realm of education was. I didn't understand all of that. And I think through my own experience, that's when I started to do a lot of the research and to better understand. And it started to all come together and make more sense for me. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, And this is the the path that I think will be really good for our audience uh, as we go down this path of burnout. So you you experience these uh, symptoms of brain fog, uh, stomach pains, uh, focus. um, Then tragically, you had the the miscarriage. When did you feel like you had kind of fully recovered, at least physically, right, from from the burnout? Because I want to really dive into this subject of burnout. Um, I want to hear from you first. How long did you, how long did it take, or at least did it feel for you that, okay, I've gotten past this point? You know what? I think it's kind of come in different, different waves for me. So it wasn't, it's not like, it wasn't all in one. I think there were certain pieces that just started to feel just a little bit better for me. So I would like, as far as like completely over feeling like I've overcome it, I think that there's still challenges even now that I realize that there's a lot of habits and a lot of patterns that I have picked up over the years that are not healthy. So within the last year, I've actually started to recognize them and stop myself and say, you're done. (laughs) Like you, because I have this tendency to push because I want to push to get it done. I want to push to get it done. And it just is, it's a hard habit to undo. But when you can start to recognize that you're doing it, it's, it's definitely liberating to say, it's time to take a break. It's time to take a walk. It's time, you know, and to have those little like alternate habits that you can make and put in place to, to do that. So like, even that piece is very recent for me. Mm. And it's funny. I went out to lunch with some of my former coworkers and, um, they said, you know, now that you're, you're not working this job anymore, like is, is life bliss? Like, is it completely (laughs) not stressful anymore? And I said, no, now I have PTSD from it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. But it does it's get you to recognize, like, it wasn't necessarily just the job. That yep. wasn't the the sole issue. It wasn't like, you know, my employer was putting all of this stuff on me. It, a lot of it lied in how I was handling things mm-hmm. and how I just needed to make those shifts and changes in my life to better manage it. Because I even find myself now, I'm my own boss, and I'm like, I got to get this done. I have a deadline. I'm like, wait a second. I am I made the deadline. Right, that's right. <laughs> Why am I pushing myself? Like it's okay. Like give, yep. you gotta give yourself grace when it comes to that. But I think a lot of us with those Type A personalities, like it's it's tough. It really is. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And uh, what I'm hearing is boundaries, and I definitely want to come back to that. 
Let's talk a little bit about just the definition of burnout, because burnout is something is something that we're talking a lot about, probably maybe more than ever, you know, with the pandemic that happened in 2020, and then people trying to re-engage with work and getting back to, you know, the the office setting in 2021 and 2022. Um, how would you go about defining burnout? Um, if you were to put some definition or different definitions that you've heard before? Yes. So, so burnout, how the World Health Organization defines burnout is feelings of exhaustion and reduced effectiveness as a result of chronic workplace stress. So we all have stress in our lives, but some stress is good. You know, we do need a little bit of stress to get take action to get stuff done. But when it becomes chronic, then that's when it really can not only affect the employee, but it starts to infect the affect the employer Mm -hmm. as well. So work can be a cause of burnout. What are some what are some more of the uh, some other common reasons of burnout with clients you've worked with and what the research is showing? That's that's a great question. So, you know, everybody's life is so different and our perception mm. of things is so different that sometimes it's hard, I think, to pinpoint exactly what it is. I mean, there's definitely common themes like when it comes to workplace burnout, like the amount of the workload, you know, whether or not you have support from your boss, those types of things. But you know, if you have trauma in your past, it sometimes can lead you to see what potentially is a pretty cut and dry or simple issue. It could cause you to go into a a complete, you know, stress-related response. So I think it's like, for me, I feel like it's tough to really pinpoint exactly what it is, I think sometimes it, it can even be the, like just the amount of going on at that particular time in your life, because it usually isn't just one thing, you know, Mm -hmm. you have, because life is made up of so many different areas. And that's where I think that there's just so much misconception about the work-life balance piece is because we tend to think of work-life balance as you're either giving 100% to your work or giving 100% to your life. But the reality is, is it's life. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that it's life, but like, Mm -hmm. that's just how it is. And there is a lot of different areas that you have to balance. And I think now with the pandemic, people are really starting to get visibility into what people have to deal with on an everyday basis, you know, whether it's childcare issues, whether it's taking care of a sick parent or, you know, any of those things that are stressing the family can also carry over into work. And, you know, you'd like to think that we all live in a bubble and that we go to work. And that's kind of what the perception was many years ago is that everything got left at home. When you were at work, everything was left at home, but that just simply isn't reality. Yeah, no, you're exactly right where so much of it really, you know, connects. I think that's a great point, too, that the things that happen in our homes obviously have an effect, you know, on our jobs and and vice versa, especially with 
jobs that you have to bring home. Uh, when you were speaking, I was you made me think about uh, Michael Hyatt. Uh, I use his uh, full focus planner. And there was a podcast that he was on and he was talking about this idea of work-life balance. Uh, and it's something I've thought a little bit about as well. You know, is there, and maybe people in the audience too, is there such a thing as work-life balance? You know, where is, you know, sh- how, how should we even view it? Should it be 50-50 or 80-20? Um, I have told people, and this was something that he was mentioning as well, that sometimes you, you we understand that sometimes there will be more hours required, you know, at our job or vice versa at, at the home. So um, if, if you're talking to a client or for those who are listening, should we focus more than on just the, maybe the idea of learning how to pivot and learning to viewing it maybe in that sense, instead of just trying to have like these two silos of, no, this has to be done all here. And that how, how, what's the best way to navigate uh, trying to even figure out uh, work-life balance. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because I think when it comes to work-life balance, I think everyone feels like it's this mystical land and that it's, it's hard to achieve. And I really do feel like it is achievable as long as we redefine what we actually believe that it means to us, because I think it mm-hmm. is going to be individual to each person. But when it comes to a visual, I think we tend to see the scale. And that's where we see that like either we're doing really great at work and we're failing at home or we're, you know, really doing great in the home, but we're failing at work and it's one or the other. And that there's always this sacrifice that has to be made. But what I like to tell clients is to really envision kind of the spinning plates So you have these key areas of life that you need in that you need to balance in order to um, have, you know, basic like to feel like you have a, a, a sense of balance and you're going to start spinning one plate. And I don't know if you've ever seen this visual on YouTube <laughs> where they did. There's somebody there's a guy that that does this. And it's amazing because. Um, he starts spinning one plate and it's going, and then he starts spinning another and another. And then he looks back at the first plate and sees that it's wobbling. So he goes back there and starts spinning that one more. And then he gets another one and he keeps on adding until they're all spinning. But he's constantly, just like you said, pivoting to try to see like what area of my life needs more attention? Because there are times when work needs your attention over your family, but there are times when your family needs to be the priority and not work, you know, and I think on a um, previous podcast, you had mentioned even like you, you and your wife had noticed that, mm-hmm. that you weren't taking those date nights like you had been. Yep. And it's, it's one of those things that all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, that plate was spinning pretty good. We had a good system going. We were doing our date nights and I don't know what happened, (laughs) but somehow we got away from that. Let's go back there and let's readdress because I think we need some more time to connect. And that's what I think has to constant. It is constantly going back and forth and seeing where the, where your time and attention need to need to be. Yeah. I love that analogy. uh, The spinning plates. That's so good. And by the way, 
the uh, the date night plate it's spinning again so uh nice yeah yeah <laughs> that's we really, awesome i love it <laughs> yeah we focused on that for uh for the month of february and um you know but it's so easy just to to get off track where you know the the plate is spinning so well very much like exercise you and i both love to uh, to exercise and it just it can just take a, maybe a couple of days and then before you know it it's like a, a week or two um what plate do you find, or at least uh, with what you've seen in uh, your experience, uh, you worked at the gym as a wellness coach, you're doing coaching now, of all the plates that are spinning, which which of the plates tend to fall off the fastest? If you were to, you know, uh, identify some of these plates, the date night plates, uh, plate, the marriage plate, exercise plate, nutrition, sleep, what are you seeing uh, that we should really be aware of that can easily fall off if not careful? Yeah, I I think the family plate is a tough one. Um, yeah. Even though our families tend to demand a lot of attention, mm-hmm. but I think sometimes we're going we're we're going through the day and we're we're doing the the taking to and from school and we're picking up from activities and we're doing that stuff. So in our minds, we're thinking that we're spending time together. But in the reality, I mean, is that really quality time that you're spending together? Maybe not so much. I mean, and my husband and I even, you know, we both have, we're very driven in our careers and we do have nights when we are working, you know, we put the kids to bed and we are working and we're spending time together because we're side by side working, (laughs) but that's not, that's not really quality time. And we have gotten, you know, you do start to see sometimes that you're like, wait a second, like this, like we're, we're, you can kind of feel that shift. Like we're not connecting. Like I think we need to take a break and we need to have a date night and a date night doesn't have to be going out to some fancy dinner. We do a lot of just taking sushi and we tell the kids to go to the playroom (laughs) and we put put on a little Josh Groban and we have our own little date night, you know, at our, at a kitchen table. So so you you need those little things to be able to connect, I think with your spouse. And I, I do feel like, especially when you're you and your spouse are connected, I think that carries over through to your children as well. Yeah. Uh, that's a great example. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I, I think you're right where it can be very easy to take for granted, you know, the ones that we're closest to where the, the day-to-day routine, it just kind of, okay, well, this is what we do. You know, we do this Monday through Friday. It was interesting too, last week, Kim, I'll share this with you in the audience. Um, the three of us, me and my wife and my son, we went to Waco. We're only a couple of hours away in, uh, to Waco, Texas. And it was only a 24-hour trip, but it was, it was so refreshing. Whereas just something a little bit different than the routine, you know what I mean? And so it was just great to get away um, we got to see where, uh, you know, the silos, of, uh, where Chip and Joanna Gaines, you know, they're, um, you know, all the things that they're doing there. And it was just fun. And I, I think there's something to that where even being intentional, mixing up the routine, uh, whether with the family or with our spouses. And I love that idea of just having a dinner, you know, at the table. And you're exactly right. I think one of the misconceptions that's out there, even like with this idea of love, 
you know, is from movies. You know, you think about Disney and I like a lot of things about Disney for sure, especially Marvel, as you can see in my background. But, you know, the idea of love and just how, you know, it's, it's always got to be like this, this big thing in, in reality, there's a lot more that goes into it. And so um, making sure what, I, what I'm taking away is being intentional, be intentional with the time or with that plate to keep it spinning and to make sure that the plate, you know, is, uh, is, is doing what it's supposed to do. So, yeah, that's fantastic. Um, as we talk about burnout here, we've, we've got a definition of it. Uh, the idea of spinning plates is a great analogy. I love that, um, which is going to require a lot of uh, intentionality. I want to go back to, to what you were saying a few minutes ago. You were talking about these boundaries when you went out and had some um, dinner with some of your former colleagues can you share with us what are some of those boundaries? You're a driven person. Uh, you're doing great things. You're helping a lot of people. So you're pouring out a lot of yourself. What are some of your boundaries to ensure that you don't go back? And I know it's a work in progress, mm-hmm. but at least to protect yourself or to minimize, I guess, potential damage. Uh, what What are some of those boundaries for you? Yeah, I think what the one thing that I've actually instituted recently, because yeah. I'm a constant over scheduler mm. and because I want to do all the things. Okay, let, me stop you, <laughs> let me stop you right there. So over scheduler, you mean by that, that you are just like double booking yourself or that you don't have any time in your schedule? What do you mean by yeah, that? that? I don't have enough margin in my schedule. Ah, and that I, was some of the the tough part about the job that I was in when I experienced burnout is that Mm -hmm. there was no margin for anything. Like it was like, I had everything planned to the T and when something went wrong and went sideways, it like threw everything off, which is why it went into kind of that stress spiral. So, so I found that for me, I do need to have margin in my days, just need that like margin of error that, when something goes wrong, you know, a kid unexpectedly is sick, you know, anything that has to kind of shift your focus, like I have some room that, okay, that it's okay, I can deal with this, and then I'll pick up where I left off. So um, one thing that I've done, started doing actually this year is whenever I get an invite, the first response that I tell people is, let me check my calendar first. <laughs> I love and, it. And then I really sit with the invitation to really understand, like, is this something that fits into my goals right now? Is this something that I feel like in my body that I really want to do? And if it's not, if I don't feel that, then it doesn't seem, it doesn't make sense. And that's really where, like, because everything I say say yes to, I have to say no to something else because we all get the same amount of time at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So it really does make me think and and knows a complete sentence. So I don't make up excuses. I don't start start with the the lies of like, oh, I wish I could, but my kids are sick. And, you know, I don't do any of that. I say, you know, thanks so much for the invite, but unfortunately we're not able to make it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a powerful thing where you're exactly right. No is a uh, complete sentence, and I, I can't remember um, 
I think Anne Lamont in her book, uh, it's a it's a writing book. I think she said something similar to that. What just listening to you here, I'm hearing the idea of systems, and systems is something that sounds like you have in place that a lot of times we may not always think about that. You know, there are systems that we have in our jobs that our companies have given us, right, of parameters and things like that. Uh, but this idea of systems of let me check my calendar. I think that's the, the perfect response. And I know we've been talking for, I think, over a month now where we had an initial meeting to just even talk about the podcast and a reaching out from Eva. She originally reached out to you. So that got me thinking, too, because my wife and I, we put a, a list together and I have not always followed that list. But when we get opportunities, you know, how will this affect the family? You know, that's something that a person can do. Or how will this affect uh, my faith? Is it something that could be beneficial or negative? Uh, you know, what's the time commitment? So I love this idea of, you know, what kind of system do we have in place and just checking the calendar. Um, the calendar seems to be a big challenge for a lot of people. So you, you've used terms like margin. And uh, that's that's a, a powerful term and, and thought and book as well. Where are you finding or seeing in, in clients or people that you've worked with or talked to? Is it that people just don't are not using a calendar or they really haven't dived into about, OK, this is what you should actually be doing with this calendar and, and boundaries and things like that? Can you give us some more insight? Like, how do you prepare? Are you preparing your uh, your your monthly calendar a week in advance or your week a month in advance, you know, what does that look like for you so you can have that margin? Yeah, I, I think you said it well, is that it's really having a system in place so that you have those parameters to really understand like what is going to be a yes and what's going to be a no. For, for me, like the very first step um, every single um, year or in, in December, I take a look at kind of do a year in review of like what, what, what went well, what didn't go well. And what is it that I like, where am I at right now? Like really assessing that, that baseline of where, where do I feel like maybe there's some room to make some changes. Can I interrupt? How long does that process take when you do this year review? So I actually went like I'm a partnered with um, a company called Ula and Mm -hmm. we actually went to it's like almost like a retreat. So it was two. Mm -hmm. This particular event was a two day live event in Nashville where we went through this entire process. Now, I've done shortened versions. That was the first time I did something like that. But I've done shortened versions where um, I've done workshops with groups where we can do it a quick one in about an hour. If you want to go even more in depth there, like we could do it in a couple hours, but it like it really doesn't take that long. It's just a matter of like how much you how deep you want to really dive into it. So certainly like scratching, it scratches the surface at an hour, but if you really start to think through some of those key areas, and sometimes it does take, um, 
kind of like that initial, like getting thoughts on paper and then you kind of come back to it and even, and say like, wait a second, I thought that was important, but now that I'm thinking about it, this other thing seems much more important. So there's definitely, um, it doesn't require a lot of time just to take those, those moments to really assess where you are truly. But um, the full, like actually sitting down and doing a, a whole, the whole goal setting process, I think that sometimes takes a little longer, but it doesn't have to be all in one sitting. I think you, you get a lot of ideas on the table of what makes sense. And then you constantly reassess and say, like, does this goal make sense? I, I thought I could accomplish it this year, but now that I'm thinking it now, because you've gotten new information as you've made little steps towards those goals, you might have realized like, Hey, I thought this goal could be done by this year, but it actually turns out it's a better, like it's better that I just use this as a learning experience and then set it for next year. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, so I think that the, it definitely, that process um, can vary in time, but it doesn't have to be a long thing. Gotcha. For sure. Uh, yeah, but I ahead. definitely have, for, from a taking action standpoint, like one of the clear systems that I have, once I do have those goals, the night before I am looking at my cat, like now I plan, I actually do, I should back that up. So Saturday, Friday or Saturday, I take a look at my upcoming week and I'm, and I start to evaluate, like, did I stick anything on this calendar that maybe doesn't need to be there? Um, and then from there, you know, if I'm happy with kind of the amount of space I have, I'm going to like, I start to figure out like, what are those little steps that I need to take this week to kind of make progress in some of the goals that I've set for myself. And then each night I actually write down like, what are those little steps that I'm going to do tomorrow that are going to move, make, move the needle for me. So I think just that like setting your mind up for what it is that you want to accomplish helps you live much more intentionally so that you really know what it is, what your priorities are. So then when other things start to distract you and they do, I mean, cell phones, social media, like everybody wants your attention. So how do you, you know, you really want to stay focused and how are you going to do that? And by having it written down that this is what I need to get accomplished today really helps to get clarity and get you focused on what it is you need to get accomplished. Yeah. So the idea of checking in weekly and even going back on a daily basis, right. is so important. Can I ask, um, are you using a particular calendar or do you have any type of system with that that has worked well for you that you could uh, recommend? Yeah, I actually use the Ula planner. So, Mm. um, Ulalife.com has a planner that like I, I what I look for the key things I look for in a planner because <laughs> I'm very particular. Yes. Um, so I, yeah. I do have a calendar that's electronic, okay. but I, I found that I need to to write stuff down. Like it's there's just something about that that weekly, you know, like okay, this is what I have and jotting it down just makes it kind of set in my mind rather than just glancing at a calendar. So I, um, I, I like to look for one that has both a monthly view and a daily view. Yep. yep me too. So then that way I can take like, so I, you know, cause some things 
you know, that are upcoming for the month, I might jot that in for the month. And then when I get to that point, now I'm actually saying, okay, from nine to 10, I am committed for this particular thing and I'm writing it in. So real quick, I have, I have a number of other questions, uh, but you mentioned social media. So social media has been documented. Full disclosure to Kim, uh, people, I've been on and off Facebook. Uh, I have the, uh, the name, uh, the Facebook hypocrite, or social media hypocrite, because I've deleted my account. You know, I've read books like uh, Deep Work by Cal Newport and uh, Digital Minimalism uh, by Cal Newport, which are really two great books. So I've gone back and forth with it. Um, What wisdom would you share or can you share when it comes to social media? Because that can cause some burnout too, maybe not to the extreme like with work, but some people are working primarily through social media. So have you set up boundaries for yourself or what wisdom would you share for us or to us um, as well with how we can navigate the social media giants? Yeah, that, that's a great question because I agree with you that it's mm-hmm. it's tough because you do use it for your work. I mean, I use LinkedIn for my the work I do as a recruiter. So I, I literally kind of have to be on it. <laughs> um, and same thing with Facebook for my business, like I, I am on it. What I've found um, for now, for me personally, I have found that scrolling <laughs> is not good for my mind because it just in, it's so inevitable, even though you feel like you're in such a good mindset. It's just inevitable that you start to have that comparison piece. Now, not everybody might be like that, but I just recognize that in myself and I I like seeing the posts about family and getting updates and stuff like that. But like when it starts to feel like you're comparing, then it's like time to shut it down. Um, What I have done is I do shut off all notifications. That is something that I've had in place for a while. I, um, I picked it up in a productivity book many, many years ago when I was working in corporate. Um, I, I, I don't hear dings. I don't hear, I don't, anything that pops up, I can't take it because it's distracting because the second you see something pop up, you're automatically like, oh, I got to touch, you know, I got to click on it. Mm -hmm. So that is completely eliminated Um, for, for social media on my phone. Now I have recently started doing, checking social media or my texts in certain waves. So like I'll do it at, nine o'clock, 12 o'clock, three o'clock, you know, and maybe Mm -hmm. right before bed or if if I feel like it. But so I have certain intervals where it's like, it's limited so that I can stay with my focus blocks. Mm -hmm. I have moved my social media apps to the very last page of my phone. And believe it or not, you wouldn't think that that would make a difference, but just having to do that extra swipe has yep. actually put it out of my mind. So I don't often think about it. Yeah. Um, so a lot of it, and then even if, if you feel like you do want to scroll, cause you know, we do like to get updates from family and friends and it is, it is nice. I think you need to put a limit on it. Like, it's like, I have exactly 10 minutes and put a timer, put the timer on, on your phone and say, I have 10 minutes to indulge myself in the social media and then be done. So, and I wouldn't say that it's perfect for me. You know, I have moments where I'm bored and, you know, just 
scrolling through, but I do try to live by those rules because I found that when I can stay focused on what I want to do, I can accomplish so much more. Yeah, no, I think those are all fantastic where it's sometimes just as simple things. Uh, I've started a challenge in, uh, in my one of my, my community on the Mighty Networks where the challenge is you have to tell, turn your cell phone off one hour per day. And it, that, that, it doesn't count when you're sleeping. So it has to be during waking hours. <laughs> and, uh, and if you don't hit that, then you have to donate some money to a nonprofit. So it's a win-win, you know, no matter what. But yeah. it's interesting just the, you know, being able to turn our phones off and to have some quiet time. And I think, you know, as you think about burnout, that's 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 what a lot of people really need, just to have some quiet time, you know, just to have some time to themselves and to really think and to, to get a little bit more margin. So I want to get some uh, some more thoughts from you here real quickly. A person comes to you and they say, Kim, look, I, I think I'm just burned out. Um, Sean Payton of the uh, New Orleans Saints, uh, the NFL coach, he just retired. He just said, look, I think it's time. Maybe some of that was burnout as well. What would What would you say to that person who's coming to you um, what might be some of the first things you would want them to do or recommend them to do, or just for the person who's listening to this podcast where they're like, yes, that is me. Uh, I don't have any margin. I'm burned out. I'm frustrated. My work is not good. Family time is not that good or great. What would be some of the, the first things you would want them to do? Yeah, I think the, fir- the first thing is really to do an assessment to kind of understand where what areas are really not where you want them to be and I I actually have a life balance wheel on my website at livewellbykimstone.com where you can go through the seven key areas of life and really get honest with yourself and figure out what what doesn't feel right and Mm -hmm. particularly if it has something if a lot of the burnout has to do with stress in the workplace, I really feel like one of the first steps you need to do is have a conversation with your manager. And if you feel like you can't have that conversation, then I think that that is very telling right there. Mm. I think then it, it might be a, a good opportunity for you to take a look at why you can't, have that open and honest conversation because you should be able to have that. So, um, and now I was, I was fortunate that I had an amazing manager. She did everything that she possibly could to retain me as an employee to, we, we made shifts in my schedule. You know, there was all sorts of things that she did to, to try to make sure that I had the, the job and the lifestyle that I wanted to live. But when it came right down to it, after doing it for a year or two, I realized that it just was no longer, a the, the job was no longer a fit for the lifestyle that I wanted to live. Mm. It, it just didn't fit, unfortunately. So yeah. I think that trying to have those on it, that honest assessment with yourself will help lead you to the next step 
of what you really want to do and, and, you know, whether or not it's time, is it time to explore just another job within the same company? Is it time to explore another company altogether? Is it a time to explore what it would be like to own your own business? There are so many different possibilities out there and maybe it's still working as a contractor so that you have more flexibility in your schedule. So there's so many different avenues that you can go down. So, Doing that assessment uh, and really evaluating not only what you do want, but what don't you want, Mm. because that also will help to narrow down the possibilities for you. Those are two great questions. And those are hard questions. What do what do you want? You know, uh, there's always the the shows that kind of make fun of couples, you know, when they're going out to dinner. What do you want for dinner tonight? And it just goes on for like 30 minutes. That's, it's a it's a powerful question for all of us to really think about. What is it that I really want? And then what is it that I don't want? And just some simple questions can just really open the door for so much clarity. So you mentioned your life balance, Will. Tell us again the website where people can find that. Yeah, it's livewellbykimstone.com. Okay. Um, one last question. Actually, I have a few more, but I know we're about out of time. Um, when you When you left your company... That was hard for you, I can imagine. It's, it sounded like you said it took like another year or two, but then you're like, no, I have to do this. Um, did you just have that feeling inside the entire time or were you really trying to make it work? Because that's, that's one of the more challenging things for a lot of people. Like, okay, I'll give it a few more months and I think things will kind of turn around. When did you know definitively? And then from that time, how long did it take before you actually made the decision to leave? Yeah, it it was interesting because I think I I was I was definitely having the conversation with my husband for a very long time. Like it, I mean, this was over the course of like three years that it was the back and forth of, you know, is this really the job that you want? You know, do you think you need to choose go elsewhere? And I, in my mind, I kept on thinking because. It had everything. It had the great people. I was making great money. I worked from home. Like it, and all I kept on thinking is, I'm so lucky to have this job. I'm so lucky. So how could I give that up? I'm never going to find anything that even comes close to matching that. And for me, it was truly that like breaking point of I had had my second miscarriage, and I. Actually, I just wasn't coping well. And I called off like very suddenly. I just said, I, I can't, I'm taking the day off. And I went for this long walk. And in my mind, I went on the long walk because I was trying to figure out how I could resolve this client's problems. Mm-hmm. So you <laughs> were still like, working even on the yeah, walk. I'm still working in my head. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, I just need to go and think through how I need to figure out how this client, how we can make this thing work. And, and I, I spent the entire time like, okay, and then I'm going to do this. And then I had, and I had this whole plan. And by the time I got home, I I told my husband, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And it was like this instantaneous, like, it's not even what the conclusion I came to after the walk, but it was like, as soon as I had that conversation with him, I was like, I'm, I'm done. Like, I, I, I finally see it. Like, I, I just can't keep on doing this anymore. So for me, it was kind of an instantaneous decision. But I think 
as you can tell, like it was over the course of three years that it was constantly trying to fit around a square peg in a round hole. And it just, it truly was not, was not working. So, um, it, that's when I finally made the decision that I had to, to make a change. Yeah, no, I appreciate you sharing that. Thank you so much for that. And I think a lot of people can relate where we're fighting almost to the bitter end, you know, because jobs are important. Our careers are important. And yet they don't, that's not the only thing that that defines who we are. So I appreciate you sharing your journey with us. Uh, I think we could continue to talk for a long period of time. I do want to be respectful of your time. Uh, if people are interested in, in working with you, uh, you're doing some great things as a coach. Um, share a little bit more about your coaching and, and what people can, um, you know, what might, what that might look like if people want to reach out to you. Yeah, sure. So, so my company, Live Well by Kim Stone, is a wellness and lifestyle company that helps busy professionals find ways to, to really have a successful career without having to sacrifice their physical and mental health. So we work through the seven key areas of life to really evaluate where we need to focus and we put a plan in place so that you feel confident and you feel like you have the clarity you need to move forward. So um, it's really been an amazing journey to, to really be able to help people on that level. And it's even been a journey just to discover what it is that I really wanted to do. Because I, even when I went to school at IIN, I really felt like I was going to be focused on fitness and nutrition. And while I do think that that is a really big piece of what I can help people with, I think um, particularly when it comes to workplace burnout and career development and that type of thing, I think that that's truly um, what I am here, what my purpose is. So um, I'm really happy to be able to help people in any way that I can. Yeah, fantastic. I know you're going to help a lot of people out. I think this conversation is going to help a lot of people out as well. And I really appreciate you being on the podcast. There's a final thought that you want our audience to uh, to, to think about this week. Uh, what might that thought be? I think the final thought for me is that you shouldn't have to sacrifice your physical and mental health in order to have a successful career. And Really, the the quote that comes to my mind and the one that really resonated me during this time when I was experiencing burnout is from uh, Greg McEwen from Essentialism. If you don't prioritize your life, someone else will. Mm -hmm. And that is powerful. It is really powerful. So it, it truly think about who is in control of your life and if you can really sit down and and think about what what it is that you want out of your life then and start living intentionally then um you the sky's the limit you can dream big and and go for it powerful thoughts well said kim thank you so much for being on the podcast and i look forward to talking to you again one day soon hopefully yeah thanks for having me you're welcome all right take care everybody Once again, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. If you are in the need or looking for more motivation in your life, feel free to check out my website, benjaminlee.blog. 
where you can find hundreds of encouraging, motivational blog posts on a variety of subjects. You can find all of my books, which can also be found on Amazon.com and other podcast interviews with a variety of people. I hope this helps. Please leave me a rating and a review. I can do and so can you. Take care and God bless. Thank you.